You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Why Church? Hello my radio friends It's good to be with you today to share more about God's Word, the Bible Some of you may attend church But have you ever wondered why church exists? Today I want to share with you why church exists But before doing that I want to tell you That it's good to belong to a group of people Whether a group of friends, a family group or a church group It seems that us human beings need others for our personal well-being Studies on longevity have revealed that where people live in communities Where sharing ideas takes place Healthy interaction with others promotes greater longevity Church is one place where social interaction is likely to happen Church, therefore, may promote a longer life Before we look at why church exists We should know where it began The first mention of church in the Bible is in the first book of the New Testament, Matthew, chapter 16, verse 18. It says, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, that's the grave, will not overcome it. Two things must be noticed here. Jesus was speaking. He said, I will build my church. In other words, the church was instituted by and is built by him The other important point is about on what the church is built upon Now, the Roman Catholic Church claims that what Jesus meant was that the foundation of the church is Peter, the apostle to whom Jesus was speaking at the time as recorded in Matthew 16 The Roman Catholics claim that Peter was the first pope But you know that's wrong The foundation of the church is Christ himself That's why Christians are called Christians or Christians They're not called Paterians or Petrosians are they? The rock of ages is Christ, not Peter The name Peter means pebble, not rock The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 10.4 said quite clearly That rock was Christ And just to add one more piece of support That the foundation of the church was not Peter Is what Peter said about himself in 1 Peter 1 verse 1 He begins his first epistle with this identification Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ Christ was the rock The foundation on which the church was founded and based Not Peter, not Paul, not John, not Jude Although the Roman Catholic Church claims 
that people are only saved through the church, that's the Roman church, that claim is a distortion of the truth, along with many other distortions of truth that have emanated from Rome. There are five reasons why church exists. C.S. Lewis, one of the greatest theologians of recent times, took a crack at answering that question. He said, The church exists for nothing else but to draw people into Christ. If they're not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, and even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became human for no other purpose. Now that's a pretty bold statement. Many of us were taught to be careful when using words like always or nothing. There always seems to be exceptions. Never, only and nothing are defining words. And clearly C.S. Lewis meant to draw a line in the sand. Now I respect what C.S. Lewis had to say, but I feel he has not gone far enough. There is more. Yes, the church exists to bring people to Christ. But for what reason? I'll come to that a little bit later. It must be understood that church does not refer to just a physical building with walls and roof and so on. It refers to a group of religious people. The first reason the church exists is that the church exists for God and for his glory. Through the teachings of the church and through the behaviour of its people, God's glory, his goodness, mercy and love are to be revealed. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 15 and 16 sums that idea up. It says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Unfortunately, some churches have departed from teachings based on the revealed Word of God, the Bible, and have replaced the pure biblical teachings with tradition, human philosophies and man-made theories, some of which may have biblical references. In 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4, is a warning given to the church about presenting ideas not based on the Bible. It says this, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn the ears away from the truth, 
and turn aside to myths. Churches where the pure biblical truth is not taught are merely gatherings of like-minded people. They do not glorify God. They might as well call themselves social clubs. Jesus, addressing a group of Pharisees and teachers of the law in answer to the question about washing hands before eating, had this stern rebuke. Why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honour your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father and mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is devoted to God, he is not to honour his father with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. And then Jesus spoke some very stern words. He said, You hypocrites! It is hypocritical to teach any doctrines that are not Bible-based. Now the second reason that churches exist or the church exists is that the church exists for evangelization, that is, to spread and share the good news of salvation. In Matthew 28, verse 19, this has been made perfectly clear. Jesus gave his commission to his followers, and he said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. To spread the gospel message is the most noble work any individual or organization can ever do. That evangelization is to take place outside and inside church meetings. The church should be a lighthouse of hope and truth to people who are otherwise being smothered by the deceit and darkness of this sick and dying world. Unless a church is trying to reach those people who have no knowledge of a loving God and of his attempts to save them, that church is little more than a club of people with a common interest. The third reason for the existence of the church is that it exists for the edification of the saints. <laughs> that simply means that churches and what goes on in their programs are to promote spiritual growth amongst the believers. Sometimes this growth is referred to as sanctification. Church meetings need to impart knowledge and information about what the Bible teaches. They need to encourage greater spirituality and commitment and should encourage and promote a closer connection to God and to each other. Church should encourage Bible study and prayer. Some church groups are very strong in evangelism. 
Justification through Jesus' blood is their focus. But spiritual growth amongst the believers is also extremely important. Just as human beings need two legs to walk, Christianity is to include justification, that's being saved, as well as sanctification, which is growth. The Apostle Peter had something to say about this in 1 Peter 2, verses 1 and 2. He said, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11 through to chapter 6 verse 3 puts the same thought in another way. The apostle wrote, We have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you're so slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you still need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from the acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. Church is for the edification of the saints so that they will grow spiritually strong in the Lord. A church that stays on the one basic level fails in its duty. One example I know of concerns a lady who for over 20 years belonged to a well-established, relatively popular Protestant church. She later went to a series of public meetings provided by the Seventh-day Adventist Church. As a consequence, she was thrilled to discover what the Bible actually taught. She was convinced that the Adventists taught truth, and she was baptised and joined the Adventist Church. One day she gave her testimony where she said, Formerly we were never encouraged to read our Bibles, although I had one. I've learned more in the last few weeks than I learned in the previous twenty years. Attending church and going through a series of repetitive ceremonies does very little good, if any. As Christians, we need to grow to be like a sturdy oak tree, rooted deep in the ground, not like a bonsai in a shallow pot. We're going to have a little break here and go on straight afterwards.
So far, I've shared with you three reasons why church exists. There are two more to go. The fourth purpose for the existence of church is that church exists to make disciples. Now, this is largely interlinked with the fact that the church exists to evangelize. But there is a difference. A disciple is a follower of Christ not just a believer in Christ. One may be tempted to think that a believer in Christ is automatically a follower, a disciple, and that's how it should be. Anyone who comes to Christ and who realises his or her sinfulness and confesses their sins and repents receives forgiveness. But more needs to happen. In Luke 5 is the story of where the Lord provided a huge catch of fish at the time he called the first of the twelve disciples. Verses 8 to 11 of Luke 5 records the interaction between the Apostle Peter and Jesus. And it says, When Simon Peter saw this, that's the huge catch of fish, he said, Lord, go away from me, for I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, from now on you will catch men. So they pulled up their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. So how did they follow Jesus? For three and a half years they accompanied Jesus, learning the way of salvation and how to spread the gospel. They were, if you like, doing their apprenticeship. After Jesus returned to heaven, they faithfully continued to preach, 
teach and heal in his name. So to what extent did they follow him? Well, they were so committed to the Lord that it cost them all their lives. That's all except John. John did not die a violent death. Although he was persecuted, he was the only disciple to die a natural death. The fifth reason of why church exists is this, to prepare people to spend eternity with God. If there were no resurrection, no eternal life, the whole idea about being saved would be totally pointless. It would be, as explained by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, where he had this to say, and I'll read it to you from the clear word, the paraphrased version of the Bible. And it says, If Christ is still dead and hasn't been resurrected, then all our preaching is nonsense and our faith worthless. This would make us liars because we preach that God raised Christ from the dead. If what you say is true, that the dead are not raised, then we've misrepresented God. Let me say it again. If it's true that there is no resurrection, then Christ never rose from the dead either. It would mean that those who have died and are sleeping in Christ, waiting for the resurrection, are gone forever. If our beliefs have to do with only our life on earth, then we really have a pitiful belief. In John 14, verses 1 to 3, Jesus told his followers that he was going to go back to heaven, where he was going to make ready for his people. He also told that he was coming again to receive his people to himself. No, he's not going to set up his kingdom on earth at his second coming. He will take his people back with him to heaven. The saints will then be presented to God the Father. Jesus will have his reward for all that he did for fallen mankind, and the saints will live with him for eternity. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, there is more information to add to what Jesus said in John 14. It tells that when Jesus comes again, he will come in glory with the purpose of collecting his people to take them with him back to heaven. And this is what it says. When Christ descends from heaven as the archangel, he will give a shout of command, the trumpet of God, to the dead, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then those believers living at that time will be changed and together with those who have been resurrected will be caught up in the sky to meet the Lord in the air. And from then on, we will all be with the Lord. My friends, that's the time I'm looking forward to.
and it's the time that the church should be highlighting in its efforts to help people. So, to recap on what I've shared with you today, why is there an institution known as the church? Well, the church exists to firstly glorify God and to share with the world the knowledge of God. Secondly, church exists for evangelization, to spread the news about how to be saved. The third reason is that church exists for edification, that is, for the spiritual growth of its members. Fourthly, church exists to make disciples, not just believers, but people who follow the teachings and example of Jesus Christ. The fifth and most important reason is that the church exists to prepare a people for eternal life, to live forever with God. Unless churches are involved in each and all the reasons for existence I've shared with you today, they've missed the point. God has commissioned people, not angels, to carry out this great work. I'm grateful for your interest in God's Word, the Bible. The Bible must be the foundation of the teachings in churches, and it must be the foundation for our beliefs. So, until next time then, this is Len signing off and wishing you the joy, satisfaction and peace there comes when you follow God's revealed will to mankind. If you've ever wondered When you pray at night If it makes a difference If it sets things right Every time you say your prayers Whispered in the dark Somewhere deep inside you Just know with all your heart As sure as God's in heaven There's someone who cares And somebody's listening When you say your prayers